freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 412 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage we educate and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme of our show today is how survivors empower others. And our guest is Shirley Waltrell. Shirley is the author of Amazon's bestseller, Heels to Holster. It's a motivation and a motivational speaker and firearms trainer. Her book, Heels to Holster, is a memoir of how she discovered the warrior inside as she survived an abusive relationship and thrived in the aftermath. She serves as the D.C. Project's Florida State Director since 2020 with the mission to raise awareness among the community and legislation that firearm safety and violence prevention are achieved through education, not legislation. Did you hear me? <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Miss Shirley. Thank you so much for having me on. Do you realize that you were my, when I was on your show last in 2020, 2020, yeah, because it's right after my book launch, that was my first interview here oh, on wow. Gun Freedom Radio. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel so proud of that. Oh my goodness. Well, this is wonderful. And it's, that's way too many years in between your first time on the show and now because you do so much but let's see the cover of your book so people can feel familiar with it there you go heels, to, heels holster. to holster and you can get it on amazon and it was a bestseller and it's under memoirs or um domestic violence survivor that kind of that's the categories oh my goodness that's incredible well so that was I mean, that's she not said the, was though. It's not a was. It's a is a bestseller. Is, I like it's it. not a was. Okay. It was is, is and will be. <laughs> I like it. So back then, you were still with the DC Project, right? I started in 2020. Yeah, that was my first first introduction in DC Project. Um, one time when everybody was at in DC meeting with legislators, I wasn't part of DC at that time. Our DC Project at the time, I was just visiting my nephew. And I went to the rally and haven't looked back since. And then I was asked to be the Florida State Director. And that's, that's how I got where I am today in the FARS DC project. Yeah, but, it's amazing. Um, well, let's start with that personal story. And then we'll move our way towards what you do with the DC project now, which is pretty dang impressive. So with this heels to holster, um, you're sharing some very, very personal some of the worst moments of your life. And that is a hard thing to do is to keep revisiting that horrible time, that horrible place. But when you do it to benefit others and empower others to know that you can live through it and you can survive mm -hmm. from it. Um, hopefully that is the, the, the upside of it. Because anytime I interview somebody that this is the topic, right? This horrible time in your life, this is the reason that I'm interviewing you. I always feel bad and I feel like I have to, you know, really appreciate and express my appreciation that you would continue to go back to that time for our benefit. So yeah, um, I, my book has two parts to it. I, I like to focus more. I mean, I have to focus on both parts of it. And I guarantee you when this actually happened, this was never in my dreams, never on my bucket list. I was never going to put this anywhere on paper. I didn't want to remember it. I actually didn't tell a lot of my friends about it when it happened. They knew very little. Of course, the investigation was going on at the time, so I couldn't tell anybody. You know, everything had to be like natural. And so I never planned putting, putting my story onto paper into a book format. 
But then I retired from an office, which I held that position for 33 years. And I became general manager of a gun club. And that interested me because the turning point in my story from being a, what I call a victim to survivor was when I took my first firearms class. Um, for a number of years, I just was beat down. You know, I always took responsibility for, for what had happened. I thought it was my fault. And I didn't want to talk about it because of that. And then when I took my first firearms class, all of a sudden, the fact that I could literally defend myself started to increase my self-esteem. Uh, I got a little more courageous. I did some things that stepped out of my comfort zone. And then when I became a general manager of the gun club, I also became a firearms instructor. So during the classes, I had met a lot of women and I'd share just a little bit of the story because you know I figured nobody wants to hear about that. And it was amazing how many times after class, these ladies would come to me and said, I went through that. I went through something like that. And some would even say, you just told my story. And every time I heard that, my heart just broke. And it was basically heart-wrenching to hear how many women have been abused by someone they thought loved them. Right. Um, That's so then, then after that, the inspiration came from not only my students, but the women in the firearms industry, because I got more involved, I would do three gun competitions and they basically inspired me into putting my, my story onto, into print in an effort to help other women. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't planning on making any, you know, wasn't becoming a writer. <laughs> Definitely wasn't doing that in school. That wasn't one of my fortes. Um, but just the fact that what I went through and the reason I went through it, I always believe that God brought me through that for a reason. And, you know, I was going to, figure out what that is and the one way to do it is put my story out there and try to help other women that are going through it or have gone through it or how to claim their life back mm. so that's where that started and you know we were just discussing off air that you know domestic violence abuse of a domestic partner that is it's shockingly common what was the statistic you used the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence says one in four women will be physically abused, severely physically abused. Let me put that in there. Severely physically abused by someone they know at some point in their life. When they say severely, they mean, you know, stab, beat, um, burnt, not just verbal, not just a little shove and push. We're talking real abuse here. Mm. And that's one in four women. That that number, every time I would talk about that number, just just gets a lump in my throat because I, I was one of those. And, and I tell my students this, I was one of those that was never going to happen to me. I was sure. born up, I was born in Pennsylvania. I'm a farm girl, you know, quiet. I did everything right. That was never supposed to happen to me, but we can't say that, especially in this day and age, you can't just say that's never going to happen to me. Cause you don't know. So you always have to be prepared, sad, but you have to be. And you know, we have, one daughter, she works with us. Um, and then she has two little, so we have two granddaughters. And so, um, you know, you look at those statistics and you're like, if there's a good chance, know. I'm going to have to go to jail one day. <laughs> no, seriously. It's, it's like, it's, you know, I, I try to look back at it. I'm trying to, I don't Not even joking, know. Cause I right. mean, come on, I don't gonna know. defend our babies. I don't know where to start with this, but it's like, I don't know if who caused what happened. I mean, are the men the reasons why this happened? And are the women finally waking up? There's been a big change. We're starting to recognize it now. Back in the 50s and 60s, abuse wasn't an issue, right? It was an issue, but it but, wasn't but, reported. But it reported. So I think we're right. saying so, now there's so many more. So is, is, is it what the, was always happening? Right. Is it the media and everything else that's finally getting women to come out and say no? and getting support whichever it is it's great is is positively good but it's just why did we get to that why are we there why are we having I to think, hear these stories yeah I, I think you brought up a good point domestic violence has been that elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about for so long and i think women that are in that abusive situation like in my case i had shared earlier i felt responsible i had to i was always questioning myself what did i do to deserve this 
And then I felt embarrassed if I told my friends, because what would they think of me? Right. And I think women are starting to stand up. They're, they're getting that self-esteem, that courage and standing up and say, you know, this, this happened to me. And, and just, you know, just like me sharing my story, maybe brought someone else up to share their story. And maybe women are just starting to stand up against it and, and, and make it known instead of just something you don't talk about. I think it, it probably was happened earlier, but like I said, that's not talked about. It wasn't, and maybe not as much and could be what we're going through now, financial stuff and you know, everything else that's going on in the world is increasing that as well. Cause COVID did. COVID right. lockdown increased the amount of domestic violence uh, yeah. accounts. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about how this all happened, but I'm pleased that women are becoming strong, independent, vocal, vocal because uh, have we noticed in gun rights, if we had women back in the day fighting for our gun rights, we wouldn't be in the position we're in today. Women are the ones that get things done. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding you. They really do. They really do. I, I, I hear this every day and I see it. Women are bringing out these issues and they're bringing it out strong. And I just wish we'd have had this a long time ago, you know? So, yeah, and I think it's the fact that, you know, it, it's kind of like in my, in my book, I bring it up. I didn't even realize to what degree things were escalating until it just, you know, blew up in my face. And I think it has something to do with the story. How do you cook a frog? Right. Mm -hmm. You put it in water and you keep turning up the temperature. And I think that's what's happening in, in our society. We we didn't even realize our rights were being taken away. And then all of a sudden, like, how did we get here? Right. And that, that's the way it was in my life, too. How did I get here? Right. 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 And, and then we're know, trying you, to catch up. Yeah. And you meet you meet some guy and uh, you have a relationship with him. You, you know, he slowly brings out the abuse and then pretty soon he's like got he's full control takes his mask off a little yeah, bit at full a time. control and then you go well how do i get out of this you know i i a short story i knew i knew this girl that went to high school and she got beat up so she told her mom that she was beat up by a bunch of black people so the mom went to the school raised all kinds of hell later mom dies finds out that the girl wasn't beat up by a bunch of black people she was beat up by her boyfriend that she married and had an abusive life with for many years finally got out of it but it's like how how do you how do you get in that position and how how do you stay in that position that's the thing that's hard for me mm -hmm. to try to understand and you'd have to be there to understand i guess i think for, for just in my opinion um at some point maybe they don't think they deserve better that's the best they can get or they deserve it because a lot of it is mental they start playing mind games with you and say you know they make it all about your fault well if you would have done this i wouldn't have had to hit you if you would have done that i wouldn't have had to hit you or you know if you you know that if and all of a sudden you start believing it because at right. some point i started to believe in, in that you know i wasn't worth anything and that and that my self-esteem started diving and it wasn't until i said took, you know, stepped out of my comfort zone, did something, and which was my firearms class that I said, you know, I deserve better. Yeah. And I think if we get more young ladies to say that I deserve to be treated with respect yeah. when they're a younger age, then we're less likely to see them become victims. So that's my goal. I, I, I love that goal. And I support that goal. And so here's a conundrum for me. There are so many people out there that if they've been a victim of, of a violent crime of some sort, somehow that causes them to focus on being anti-gun. Like somehow nothing bad would have happened to me if guns weren't a thing. Then we have people with a survivor mindset like you do that understands that the gun is a tool. And in my hands, it's a tool of life-saving, self-defense, empowerment. And I wonder if if there's a correlation there. A victim mindset says, oh, the tool is bad. And the survivor mindset says the tool is just a tool and I am the power behind it. What, what do you think about that? I think, because I've been thinking about that. And I think that if you go... 
I think it's like denial. I mean, I was in denial for a while. I didn't want to believe that someone that once said they loved me all of a sudden wanted me dead, wanted to kill me. And I think that when you go through something really violent, you kind of hit that denial and you don't want to believe that there's the person behind it did it. You want to blame it on something else. So you pick on the inanimate object, that gun, that knife, hammer could be anything. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, they, instead of trying to make it about the person, it's about, well, it's the object. And sometimes I think it's easier to do that. It's easier to take something away than to find out what the mentality of that person is, what caused them to do that. Why they, why they, you know, all of a sudden just, you know, change their attitude, their minds, or were they always like that and they were just masking it? That's like you said, it was a mask that got torn off. So I think it's it's harder to look at the mental state of somebody, and it takes more time than it does to just take the say, oh, we just need to take the tool away and everybody will be fine, which is not true at all. Red flag laws. You know, they think that the red flag laws are going to solve the problem and it's not because they'll just find a different tool because it's the person. It's not the tool. And it's also red flag laws are very, can be very vengeful. They don't actually have to, you know, you can just get somebody in trouble and say so-and-so their, their mindset's this or that. And then all of a sudden your guns are taken away. Now you have to prove that you, that wasn't the case. It's just revenge of some kind of, you know, dispute of some kind and that's that's the scary part about red flag in my book i mean yeah and the the man who abused you if if red flag laws were a thing at that time he could have easily said well you know if if he knew that you were a gun owner at the time or whatever he could have said well you're a danger to yourself she's very depressed she lies about things she lied about me right whatever or Mm -hmm. she threatened me and so now you're red flagged, which means the authorities can just confiscate your tools of self-defense. Exactly. You are more vulnerable to the guy who's purposely causing you to be disarmed. Exactly. And he did that in a, in a sense, not because at that time I, I didn't, I didn't know anything about firearms really. Um, but when it came down to it, he tried to say, he tried to show marks and stuff. Cause I had, I had bruises. I had bite marks. I had whiplash from my hair being pulled. And when I went and filled out the paperwork, he went to the police station. Then he was trying to make it, well, she did this, you know, there was a little scratch on his arm or something like that and blame it on me that I was the one that went, went off and not him. So he did that. He tried to turn the tables and that red flag makes that easier for, for some people to do that. But what you, know, you exactly don't know, right. what you don't know about people like Shirley, is red flag laws won't work because they only take the guns they know they have. <laughs> That's right. They right? Right? <laughs> so if red flag laws, they, they come and take my guns, which ones? <laughs> exactly. Which <laughs> one? Oh. Yeah. Well, it's the only gun I own. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, your story is fascinating, and I encourage everybody to um, read your book and, and follow the... Um, amazing and horrific journey that you went through but to to enjoy and and be inspired by this phoenix that rose from the ashes that you are oh i like that oh well you so are my goodness it's absolutely inspiring it takes a lot of courage to come out with a story like that you know it really does absolutely and i'll tell you because i i've shared this I'm, i'm getting used to sharing the story more I've shared it at different women's group um, and it gets easier, but yet harder if that even makes sense. Some parts of it get easier, but I never know when an emotion will hit. Yeah. And sometimes I, I don't understand it. Sometimes I'll just get up there and all of a sudden it's just like, you'll start hitting me. I'll get a little teary eyed. And it's not that I'm up there and I, I, sometimes it's hard for women to understand them. They maybe haven't gone through it because you never know when this is going to happen. I've taken firearms classes, self-defense classes, scenario classes, and all of a sudden I'll emotionally just start you know, crying. Something hit me. Something reminded me of something that happened at that time. So I think it's, it's um, I never know what's going to happen when I get up there to start speaking. And it's good for me. And it's also good for them because, you know, I, it's, it's personal. It's, I'm putting my heart out there and, and that way I think it opens up to them to do the same thing. And that's why so many times after I get done speaking, women will come up and I, 
I know what you're talking about. Been there, done that. You know, I know what it's like. And, um, and that's that's the hard part for me. Emotionally, that's the draining part when these women start sharing their stories. And I'm like, but then it's confirmation. That's where God wants me to be, too. Right. Well, you're, not, you're, not, you're not telling a story like, oh, pity on me. What you're doing is you're telling a story that tells people this cannot happen to you if you do this. You know, if you follow, if you listen to my examples, uh, what happened to me so that you don't have to live it forewarning yeah right so for that it's it's got to be awesome that you're doing this because yeah i mean it, it tells them it gives them an idea what to watch for but um uh, i always share this and it i was one of those people that said why do these women stay in these abusive relationships why don't they just sleep if someone hit me i'd be out of there you know miss tough little shirley little yeah. farmer girl and then I went, when I went through it, I went, oh, I get it. That yeah. fear, yeah. mental abuse. Yeah. In my situation, the fear wasn't just a, at one point, it was my life. And then it was, you know, I'm going to die one way or another. So I'm going to go out fighting. But then he threw in, oh, you know, I'm going to kill your parents. And I went, well, now that's a different story. Now you're talking about someone else that I love. And that changed the whole thing, dynamics of it. And that's when I let fear drive me and I let, him take over and control me wow. and because of that and now i understand why women stay in relationships and then you had kids and then you had financial responsibility maybe they don't have the money right. i totally get it and i i you know wish we could help all of them but i understand now more or less why they do it yeah. and maybe even why they take them back that one i'm a little a little cloudy on but i can i can see why you know fear you tell someone that they're going to kill you, that that has an, and you know it, they're not just saying the word, you know, they're going to do it. Um, that that changes your, your response and your feeling and how you're going to act a lot. Exactly. Well, and a lot of these abusers are narcissists and narcissists are like magicians of twisting the minds of others. And uh, it's, it really is. A and they're charming. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. The information he got from different businesses by coming up with some story when I, cause uh, oh, 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 real quick. So during the investigation, they had an informant that had so those people that didn't read the book that, you know, read the whole thing right here. Um, but he, um, he had an informant and they had to do just like in the movies, you know, had to wear a wire and everything else. And the things that I heard when they put that into transcript, I could only read one page of the day as I was writing the book because it was so emotional, how much anger and hatred and, and how in, my life was really, really in danger more than I even knew at that time. But it, it was very uh, emotional there. So I, I, I understand that fear factor greatly. What do you say to people who like to, um, whether they're quoting a statistic or, or something they heard on the air quote news, right? That, well, women shouldn't own guns because you know, it'll just be taken away from you and used on you. So you're helping the bad guy by owning this thing. What do you say to those people? they just don't they just don't they just don't don't get it they're listening to the media and the media makes it out to be the we're defensive little you know little flowers but give them a handgun we can defend ourselves if i have the knowledge of how to use my firearm and use it correctly that's my line of defense and uh, yeah i guess if someone tried to take it away from me that's a possibility but i can tell you what they're going to be hurting when they try it yes um just because of my determination right now and one of the things that i am working on because it's a constant thing we as as responsible human beings do not like violence we don't want to hurt people normally right but i have gone to the point where my mindset my life is worth defending and with a handgun whatever i have i will defend my life right and I think it's important just to, to emphasize to those people that believe that firearms, women with firearms are going to have it taken away. They need to, they need the training. They're not, they're not, I don't know how to put it. They're not as fragile as you might think. I mean, when you put someone in a fight for their life, yes. 
I'm going to hang on to that gun. I'm, I'm going to use it. And I have that mindset because some of my students would say, uh, would you really be able to defend yourself with a firearm? I said, I hope I never have to, right. but mentally I am ready to, because now my life is worth it. At one time I would say, you know, he loved me. I didn't really want to hurt him. You know, I, I can see that going through my mind in the past, but now I'm like, no, Shirley's more important now. Shirley, if someone wants to hurt me, Shirley's important. Her life is important. And your, and your family and your family. And, important too. Yeah. 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 Them too. And my cat. No. <laughs> so, so it's really clear, you know, if, you know, if a woman wants to learn how to use a firearm, which is, or anybody wants to use, uh, learn to use a firearm, they need to go through the training. They need to know when and when they can't pull that trigger. There's so many things, but that journey is a fun journey. Gaining independence is a super fun journey. So it is, it, it truly is. You, you are absolutely right. And I'm going to bring a point on when we're talking about the media, the media, some people are under the impression that uh, firearms are only used by criminals. Well, no, there's a lot of people out there that are defending themselves with their firearm, legally responsible people out using right. their firearms to protect themselves and their family. That's and right. lots of times you won't hear about those stories. The major media won't play those stories. And one of the things I started when I got into DC Project, <clears throat> I started to realize that, you know, people are out there defending their life. They use the firearm correctly, but nobody's putting it out there. Nobody's making it a, a point of it. So on Tuesdays, I have what's called hashtag teal for 2A because DC Project is our colors teal. It's called hashtag teal for 2A Tuesday. And I always post a story of how somebody used a firearm to defend themselves and their family. Lots of times it's women. Women, their, their exes are coming at them. They're defending their lives with their, and their kids with their firearms. Or like in the, the one I posted today, it was a family, a family, the, the woman's pregnant, her husband, their two kids, they're out, I forget where they're at, maybe Arkansas, if I remember right, on like a little vacation. And this person, this two, two people came up and started, you know, robbing him and beating on him. And this pregnant woman defends herself with a fire and her family with a firearm. I think that's, that's newsworthy. That needs to get out there. Women, women are defending themselves and their family. It's nothing new. Go back to the wild, wild west yep. when, you know, women are out there, the men are out hunting, they're out, the women are there protecting their homestead, protecting their families, and also providing food for their, for their families. And that's, I think we forgot about that or somewhere we got a little soft because women were, they knew how to handle their firearms back then. And I think we're getting back to that point. I think we are too. And the only other thing I wanted to to add about the people that say, well, you shouldn't own a gun because it'll just be used against you. It to me, the way it hits my ear is that same victim shaming, victim blaming, right? Like I wouldn't have had to hit you if you didn't X, right? Well, this guy wouldn't have, you know, pulled a gun on you if you didn't have the gun in the first place. And it's so insulting. It is so demeaning that I can't believe that any self-respecting female person doesn't hear those words and go, oh, excuse me, right? But it's, <laughs> like, you know, Instead, yeah. too many of us are like, oh, goodness me, let me clutch my pearls. And I think you're right. And I just shouldn't ever have these, these brute tools around me instead of realizing, no, that tool is what stands between me and the, the person who is bigger than me, stronger than me and presenting violence towards me. So exactly. That's yeah. well put. That was, that's, I love the way you said that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's anything coming from you towards me is a huge yeah, compliment. And, and <laughs> Thank you. And I didn't hear anything she said. <laughs> My God. All I say is that there should be in every city, there should be a train station for abusive people. <laughs> Oh, like Yellowstone. Oh, Yellowstone. Take them to the train. It's clean. You know, it's so <laughs> clean. It's done and done, right? No coming back. They're yeah. done. Fantastic. I don't know. I just dropped him off at the train station. I don't know where he went. I didn't, you know. Oh my gosh. All right. Went on a trip, never came back. I um, love it. So let's move forward to um to the DC project. What 
you told us kind of how you got involved. It is definitely to our benefit. I am the Arizona State Director to the DC Project, and it is our to our benefit to have um, someone with your passion, your energy, um, everything that you bring to uh, any pursuit that you have is is wonderful. But um, what drives your passion to continue to push forward that message of education, not legislation, is what is making our our community safer. Well, just because of what it did for me, my first firearms class, like I've said before, gave my life back. And knowing how many women out there that are going through something like what I went through or have gone through it, just the just to have them have the ability for them to feel the same thing I did is what I what I'm passionate about that as well, as well as you know helping victims of domestic violence. That's where my passion comes. I don't want to see the Second Amendment go anywhere because it is so important to my self-defense. And in not only that, but it did, it gave me courage. It gave me self-esteem and people on the other side don't understand that because they won't give themselves the ability or let themselves even take a class and understand what a firearm is. They don't, they won't even open up to that possibility of, Oh, that's a tool I could use, you know? Um, but when I got into DC Project, DC Project is just full of so much, so many amazing women, you being one of them. You, there were so many women in the group that inspire me and they're like my mentors, whether you guys know it or not, but you do so many amazing things in Arizona. You, you, you get, oh, there were, I get goosebumps thinking about it. You're talking about a woman with doing a lot of stuff, mister. You got one sitting right beside you. <laughs> yeah, I, I know she is. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, you do so much and you're so well organized and I'm like, when I'm learning where I'm at, because I'm learning about legislation, kind of scary out there what you learn about legislation, because some of it you go, oh, I don't want to know that, because <laughs> you didn't know it was happening. It's not all good. No, um, but uh, learning to step out of my comfort zone, you, you ladies have taught me that. And I do that just about every day, whether I'm talking to people like you and being interviewed, or whether I'm presenting some kind of discussion on DC Project, or my big thing that I just recently did, it's totally out of my comfort zone. I spoke at a press conference with Governor DeSantis on digital banking. I know. <laughs> Hard stop. Take a moment. We have to appreciate what she just said. Say that again. Shirley Wattrall was invited. Where? Yes, she was invited. <laughs> yeah, to speak at a press conference on digital banking. Because Governor DeSantis, you know, we're, we're opposed to that. And the reasons I was able to, to summarize it, because it was so close to the characteristics of a domestic ab abuser, mm -hmm. you know, the, the government would then have control over my finances. Yeah. They'd be able to track my moves by my finances. And at worst case, ultimately, they can control me, just like my, my abuser was. He was able to, I mean, I know he tracked me. He, he he um, he followed me places. He even had a private investigator following me, and you know, fear—that fear factor—he was controlling me, and so that's the same same thing we're giving the government the ability to do when they talk about digital banking. And, and you said financing. giving. We are giving the government the right to uh, to to control us. Too too much With, control right. over us. And, and yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, no, it is an abuse. The government is abusing citizens because they work for us but they're turning the table around and controlling us and i think a lot of people like i i always thought well you know they're they got elected they have our best interest it's not that not that way i'm learning it's not that way it's it's just not that way some people yeah. are i mean some people say oh, politicians a politician but i think there are people out there that have the america in mind they have their their uh, whoever their uh, region, whatever their region that who voted them in, have their best interests in mind. I think there's still good people out there in the political arena. Yeah. Some Lord. of them have given a tarnished name, but there's still good ones. You even have one. You have one. I follow him. Um, Sheriff Lamb. Yes. Oh now God. running for something. I don't know. What he's Senator. Senator. And he's Senator. he's an amazing. The Constitution is the first word out of his mouth. Yeah. And everything he I does. wish we all we had all had sheriffs like him. He just yeah, you know, says it, does it, and takes care of 
doesn't go to the yeah. train station, but I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he says what he, he defends. They might have one stuff. there. They might have one there well, somewhere. I, I, I can <laughs> either confirm nor deny yeah, any train go. stations. Well, and so just talking about Sheriff Lamb, if he is successful in his Senate race, he's trying to um, unseat uh, Mark Kelly. So Mark Kelly is married to Gabby Giffords of Giffords Bloomberg funded anti gun like that even feels like a conflict of interest that somebody can be that close to an anti gun lobbying group and they can run for election and and I'm supposed to believe as their constituent that they're going to listen to anything that I have to say when my lane is the second amendment like it's just it's crazy times to me you're a funny girl What's that? because the Arizona <laughs> is full of conflicts with the governor and all that I mean the governor was in charge of the elections I know. when she Our was current governor yeah. signed her own I won the election form so, so we are full of she was our our uh, secretary of state previously it's crazy yeah. anyway I want to go back to the fact <laughs> that governor DeSantis who, awesome guy. who could end up being the president of this United States these United States invited you to come and be part of his press conferences that is not a small thing that is a very big and very significant thing yeah. and some of it is is definitely your life story and, and what you represent but I believe he also kind of was liken the teal for 2a connection yes let me tell you a story about that one okay um when when permitless carry was going through you know and they were having test women people women testify women and men uh, i was not able to attend for for medical reasons but a lot of dc project ladies did go a few of them did go and they spoke at these uh testifying i think it's judiciary and financial and then when that was said and done, I felt really so bad. I felt like I let the DC project down because I was not able to make the trip. I'm like six and a half hours. But I did learn one thing, that legislation happens fast. You get a call and you think, okay, can you testify on, in two days? Well, you know, I'm six and a half, six and a half hours away. All right, so I got to change my schedule. It happens like that. It's not like, okay, next week we're going to be talking about this. It doesn't happen that way. I learned that. That was some, one of my lessons. But after they spoke, um, I was sitting here at home and I got a phone call. I'm like, oh, who's this? I'll answer it. Hi, this is, oh, I don't know if I can say his name. I'll just say his first name. This is Casey with Governor DeSantis's office. And I'm like, oh, calling me? <laughs> and that was our invite dc project was invited to the signing of the permitless carry constitutional permitless carry that the governor was going to be signing and he invited us he wanted us there and i'm like oh my gosh and you know i'm calling die and i'm calling amanda my, you know people the founder as well as in case you don't know who these people are diane is the founder of dc project and amanda suffical a lot of people know her um she is the regional director for my area for Florida. So it's like, oh, the governor wants us there for the picture. So I was able to make it to that come hell or high water. I was going yeah. to that one at least. Um, but Bring yeah, that was- in. Prop me up. I am in that photo up. <laughs> yeah. So I had someone else drive halfway and I'm, cause I had back issues and I'm laying back in the, in the seat and she just had surgery. She's like, I'm not missing this. <laughs> so we're like, yeah. But we made it, we made it there and back. But that was the first invite, first phone call from the governor's office. And then the second one, when I was asked, oh, because they were going to be down in my area for the press conference, would you be interested in speaking? Once again, my eyes and my mouth dropped open, my eyes bugged down. Oh, you're calling me again. So, yeah, those were very, uh, those are moments I will never forget. Um, and that's thanks to amazing women of DC Project. But, you know, that inspired me to take that chance to do something I'm not comfortable with, to learn something I don't know anything about, except what I was taught in high school, which I forgot. I know, right? right? Well, we weren't taught enough in high school. And the thing is that learning what you're learning now, you realize how things happen in the government and how corrupt some of the stuff is. And you can do something about it. They're giving you tools to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And 
and the frustrating, I'll just share my frustration, and it might be everybody, it might be your frustration as well, is the anti-gun groups, which are funded by you know, big bucks. I won't go discussing who they are, but I don't know if it's good or bad. Some people tell me I shouldn't say the name. It's like Beetlejuice, you say it too many times, I guess it appears, I don't know. But uh, but they're they're funded by so much money and here we're, we're just nickel and diamond and trying to, to get enough money so we can go to Washington DC to talk to our legislators. And they are doing all this false advertising you know, they, they call them, so they say it's gun safety. That What they're talking about isn't gun safety, it's gun control, but they put it under this gun safety umbrella. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Gun safety is training you how to use a firearm safely, not taking them away from responsible citizens. And that, that just, sometimes I just get so frustrated because they are backed by so much money and they can do things that, you know, we're doing in a small version, but We've only been around a few years. We have yeah. we have high hopes. <laughs> and, and we're kind of sure preaching to the choir, but maybe somebody's listening out there that will relay this, that when they, like, let's take the kids, for example. When the NRA and the other groups teach kids gun safety, they teach them what to do if they see a gun. Stop. Don't touch, oh. run away, tell a but, but they do that. Where, <laughs> so, and then when you're 10 years old, you can you can start the safety class with the hunter safety class, and you can learn to shoot a gun and go through the handling and go through the processes, the 10 commandments of gun safety, all that. Whereas the other group is saying gun safety is eliminating guns. Which is not possible. Well, it's sort of mm-hmm. like your, your pool. If you don't own a pool, why do you need to teach your kid how to swim? But if your kid goes next door and they have a pool and he doesn't know how to swim, there's there's some danger there, right? Exactly. So we, you never know. I mean, if we take every gun out of the country, there's they're not going to get them all. There's going to be guns out there. And so the best thing to do is teach a kid what to do and teach an adult even what to do if they happen to see a gun because mm-hmm. adults pick up guns that never picked up a gun and have an accident right. oh yeah right? so, yeah he... so, you know it, <laughs> that was our life everybody young and when we were kids i mean <laughs> i was you know born in 55 we were taught gun safety at three because guns were part of the life mm-hmm. not only in our house but our next door neighbor's house mm-hmm. and so we learned that and my generation, very few accidents, but the new generation where they're not being brought out with guns, there's a lot more things happening. So anyway, that's, that no, that, that's true. That's a good point. And then I see parents teaching their young children how to safely handle a firearm. And I think you're right back, back in my day too, you know, they were hunters. I'd go to high school and everybody like the, the old saying they had their shotguns mounted on their trucks. Nobody yep. stole them. Right. Nobody got shot. They were going deer hunting right after school. So it was brought up as part of them. And now in our society, we don't teach them and schools aren't teaching them firearm safety. And I'd love to see more of that firearm safety within the schools, because a lot of, a lot of uh, accidents, a lot of deaths come from accidents suicide we need to address the suicide why are so many young people and older people adults getting into that state where they don't think there's a way out so there's something there that that we need to address but because it takes more time than just taking away the gun nobody wants to look at some people don't want to look at it because they want a quick fix and there's no quick fix because it didn't take us you know a year to get where we are it took us plenty of years of neglect in the firearms education industry or in schools to get where we are and then you got to look at media media is not helping just like um so permitless carry that doesn't for florida doesn't start till july 1st Mm -hmm. so governor governor newsom from california Mm -hmm. we have a over memorial Mm -hmm. day there's a shooting in hollywood beach Mm -hmm. Uh, two groups get arguing still don't know if it's gang related because a lot, a lot of the shootings are gang related. Yeah, they get into it, and then you know, young people get shot. I don't think anybody died. I don't think so, if I remember right. But he's saying, "Oh, see, the governor DeSantis signs permitless carry now. People, you know, they have mass shootings." I'm like, "Whoa!" I didn't even. And they're running these stories. He's talking out of turn. He doesn't even understand. The law didn't take effect yet. It has nothing to do with permitless carry, but they're going to run with it. The media is going to run with that. 
because it fits their narrative. It scares people. Well, Arizona, we, you know, we're, we don't have to have a permit to carry. We don't can carry it concealed or open, whatever. And uh, our our crime has went down right. because of it. Well, so and, because a criminal doesn't know who has a gun right? and who doesn't have a gun. But, you know, they say with the media, if it bleeds, it leads. And it's like, that really is not the truth. Because as you said, people all across this nation, the number is, uh, it's got to be well over this now, two and a half million times every year, uh, lives are saved because of responsible we are in citizens. Well, sometimes the gun is never even like produced and it's still, its presence is, you know, enough to quell things. Other times, responsibly armed citizens have had to, you know, discharge the firearm, use the firearm. Those stories, as you said, never get told. So if it bleeds, it leads was true. We would hear those as well. But really, when it instills fear, when it stokes fear, it leads. That is really closer to the truth, I think. Right. You're absolutely right. That's that is very true. And that's what they try to instill is fear fear of firearms instead of pinpointed on the criminal on the person they put it on the device and look how many times have crimes been committed by somebody who's already committed crimes umpteen times right. before and they're back right. on the street right way so too often we're not they're not addressing it and it's because it doesn't fit the narrative it's all about control so we Just have an like interesting digital banking right right we have an interesting story going to be happening as, as it plays on in canada where now it is against the law to use a gun. It's against the law to use a gun to defend yourself against wow. against a life-threatening threat. You cannot use a gun. You have no right. You have no right. To use a gun in self So it's going to be an interesting, if the media will tell the truth, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the next year or two. It's just nuts. Yeah. We have an upside down world right yeah. now. All right. So the criminals are becoming the victims. Right. Right. There? <laughs> right. 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 You can you cannot How dare you if, have shot yeah. that man who was if, murdering you? If somebody shoots you seven <laughs> times, you part you. your body and you can stop him with a gun. Oh, it's against no. the law. It's crazy. Yeah. That's All crazy. right. We have got to start wrapping up. Unfortunately, yeah. the time has gotten away from us, but surely this has been an amazing conversation. Mm-hmm. I am constantly inspired by you. Uh, tell folks who want to buy your book, show it to us again. You can go to Amazon and just, uh, just type in heels to holster and you'll see this right there will come up. And also 10% of the proceeds go to nonprofits that help women, uh, recover from domestic violence, abuse, women's shelters and and institutions like that. So heels to holster on the Amazon. If you want to follow me on Facebook, just look up Shirley Wattrell, W-A-T-R-A-L. And Instagram, you just look up Shirley dash Wattrell dash firearms. And let's see all on my website. Oh, I'm just marketing myself, ShirleyWattrell.com. So it's pretty easy. Just look up my name and you'll get anywhere. Um, but I am, when you placed the call and you asked me if I wanted to be on the show, I was so excited because, you know, you were, you were, you got me, got the ball rolling for me being the, the first interview that I ever done was with you and you, you guys made me feel so comfortable. Uh, I, I look back now as we've talked, I go, wow, I guess I've come a long way in three years. <laughs> um, but I just wanna thank you for the opportunity to once again, to come on your show. You guys are awesome, doing amazing things. You, Cheryl and DC Project, oh my, well, I just wanna make Florida like a, like just follow your lead on what you're doing because you're doing so many amazing things and you keep me motivated. Like I said, a lot of you ladies are mentors for me and you don't even know it, I don't think. And uh, I just want to thank you for that. Thank Thank you. you. And And you can help people. You can help people in Florida that want to be part of the DC project too, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So if you want to be part of the DC project, we'd love to have you ladies. Just go to dcproject.info, scroll down to the bottom, fill out the information and I will get an email from you and I'll follow up with an email and get you going. Uh, We'd just like to hear a little bit about your story, how you got in the firearms industry, and then we'll get you going and helping us to the second amendment here in florida and all over the country and once uh-huh. a year we've gone well you just know we, we've already been to tallahassee a few times and you know met the governor and so that was always exciting amazing <laughs> and and you inspire you me know. and and yes your book and thank you so much for all your very kind words and i have to say 
I could not do any of the things that I do if Danny didn't do all of the things he does. I so am the best luggage carrier in the country. <laughs> he does more than carry luggage. But <laughs> honestly, there really is, um, you know, we have such a great support system around us. The DC Project is geared towards women and empowering women. But but I know that if he didn't help, if he didn't hold the, you know, the fort together with our businesses to let me run around and do all the things that I let do, you run around, couldn't have, I don't <laughs> let you do anything. Well, that's true. That's but that, true. you know, it's, it takes two, it takes two. And, uh, you know, I, I can sit behind and, and watch because I know that what I do is helping yeah. what you do grow. Absolutely. So, all right. Thank you so much, Miss Shirley. I just love you so much and, and God bless you, you in all of your endeavors. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Dan. Have a Thank great you. day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That's super strong. Yeah. Super strong woman. And we just, I, you know, I'm excited about it. I mean, there might be some guys out there who go, oh my gosh, we're losing control of the women. And it's like, I need help. Women, I need help. We need help to carry this message through we need help absolutely all right that was amazing we are way over time i think i say that every show but we've got to you yak like crazy but i do i do do that yeah, i have yeah, the gift of gap I, I don't even get to talk uh, sometimes yeah hey i want to thank Sorry. shirley for being on the show and i want to thank the amazing guests for being on the show all of all of every one of them amazing guests including yeah. shirley thank you to our amazing listeners and viewers if you want to view this again or any of our videos go to youtube gunstreamer any place you find videos be sure you subscribe and hit the notifications button it tells those platforms that this is in this is content that is important to you if you want to listen to the audio-only version, go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and... Binge listen to your heart's content, darling. Beautifully said. If you want to uh, look at photos and bios and links to all of the works of all of our guests, including a link to buy Heels to Holster, you can go to the Guest tab. It is a huge resource that's ever-growing with subject matter experts. And when you spend time there, we don't hate it. Until next time, we are going to pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them, Dan? Every single one of them. How about the ones you don't Every like? Everything, what'd I say? Maybe especially the Every, ones you don't what? like. What? Huh? Not <laughs> right. that. Not that. Have a great week. God bless. Be good to each other. Bye-bye.